If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, welcome to The Edge here from the South Point Sportsbook. On a Tuesday, it's Matt Eumanns and Adam Burke, JVT, still on vacation. And Adam, I know you're from Ohio, but how great does it feel out in Vegas right now? This is one of the three hottest days of the summer. Oh, it's awesome. No, you know what I will say? People talk about the dry heat. They make fun of the dry heat, but it's much better than humidity. I will say that. You have to say that. I've said that for uh, 25 years or so, especially if you go out and play golf in this type of weather. You're not sweating all day like you would be in uh, Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, Georgia, Florida, where you get to the first tee and you're completely soaked. That's a great thing about it. But we're not going to talk golf to lead off the show necessarily. We're going to talk football and a lot of it today. And it's the uh, start of a big week for Deshaun Watson, who is uh, facing a hearing with an independent disciplinary uh, representative today and the NFL pushing for reportedly an indefinite one-year ban And I don't think this is a surprise to a lot of people. And we've seen a big shift in the betting market here in the past uh, month or so since uh, the Browns made the blockbuster deal for quarterback Deshaun Watson in March. But things look worse and worse for the Browns in 2022. And it looks like Watson is, uh, I want to say, an underdog to get on the field this season. We're going to know more, I think, later this week or next week. But as a guy from Ohio, are you pessimistic about the Browns this season? Well, look, I mean, obviously Deshaun Watson was a guy that they brought in expecting him to be able to take them to the next level. But, I mean, 
they made the playoffs a couple of years ago with Baker Mayfield. That's right. They and and games. last year, I mean, they lost a couple of games that maybe they shouldn't have. Baker was very hurt throughout the course of the season. This is still a really, really strong roster all the way around. Is Deshaun Watson a guy that can maybe lead them to a Super Bowl? Sure. Can Jacoby Brissett lead them to the playoffs? I think so with the surrounding talent. I think this is kind of being a little bit overblown out of proportion right now because also, too, you're talking about a guy in Deshaun Watson who missed all of last year. Is the rusty Deshaun Watson that significant of a drop-off from Jacoby Brissett Mm -hmm. with all the skill position guys around him, with the fact that the Browns can be a run-oriented offense? I don't think so. I think this is still a pretty good football team. A lot of people would disagree with you and say that uh, Brissett is a big drop-off from Deshaun Watson. Uh, Okay, so big drop-off from Deshaun Watson. What about a drop-off from Baker Mayfield? Mm -hmm. Because that's the bigger question, I think. Of course, and and you could also say an injured Baker Mayfield. He played last season with a bad shoulder, and uh, a healthy Baker Mayfield two years ago I thought was decent, like you said. Led the Browns to 10 wins and a playoff win. And uh, I think that actually I believe the Browns have overreacted dramatically in this situation. And this could end up being one of the worst, if not the worst, deal in NFL history when it's all said and done. We'll see if Deshaun Watson doesn't lead the uh, Browns to a Super Bowl. This is going to be a gigantic bust. Not only did you guarantee him $230 million over five years, which is an absurd, unprecedented contract by NFL standards, you traded away three first-round draft picks to get the guy. And now you have a public relations nightmare on your hands. So I don't think uh, the Browns really thought this through too thoroughly or investigated this thoroughly enough before making this deal in March. I'm sure they thought at the time, well, those three first-round draft picks are going to be low in the first round because we're going to be contending for Super Bowls. That's not going to be the case in 2022. Can the Browns still be a playoff team? Yes. But if you look at the odds movement here at Circus Sports, Chris Bennett is the lead NFL odds maker over there. He opened the Browns minus 150 to make the playoffs. The no was plus 130. And now that's a few months ago. It is currently no minus 235, yes, two to one odds. So we've had a, a flip of favorites here in the, the Browns numbers to make the playoffs. And uh, would you say that's an overreaction? You, you tended, uh, I, I think you were trending in that direction, talking about Jacoby Brissett, who's a quarterback I like as a backup and an occasional starter. I'm not sure if he's the guy for 17 games, if you can get the nine or 10 wins. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's a fair question. And, and look, I mean, you know, again, a lot of this sort of falls onto how much is Jacoby Brissett asked to do, right? I mean, they've got good good players at the skill positions. They've got that exceptional running game that we know about. Mm-hmm. They've got a good defense and a good pass rush. So it's one of those things to me where there's enough talent around this guy for them to be able to have success. But you know, also, too, they're locked into a very difficult division. I think Baltimore will be better, obviously, with Lamar Jackson back. I think Cincinnati is a team, you know, coming off of making it to the Super Bowl that people may be expecting some regression from. I don't really know if that's going to be the case necessarily with the Bengals, who I still think are a really, really solid team. So in that respect, the game-changing element of Watson, sure. But again, I mean, is Jacoby Brissett that much of a downgrade from Baker Mayfield and all of the additional baggage that came along with Baker Mayfield? I would say no. So I think the wrong question is being asked here. I don't think you should compare Deshaun Watson with Jacoby Brissett. You should compare Baker Mayfield with Jacoby Brissett. And for the Browns to make the playoffs at 2-1 to one with Brissett, 
not saying I'm running to bet it, but I don't think it's that bad of a bet. Right. Uh, the Browns were 8-9 last season with a banged-up Baker Mayfield. Like you said, I still think the running game is going to be the calling card for the Browns' offense. If Cleveland is going to be effective offensively, that running game is going to, I think, set the table for Jacoby Brissett to be successful. If you look at the AFC North right now at the Westgate Superbook, the Ravens are plus 160 favorites. Bengals the second choice at plus 180. The Browns at plus 270. And then you have the Steelers all the way down there at 14 to 1 odds. Are the Steelers uh, that much of a long shot? Are they that much out of the picture with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback? I don't know. I mean, look, you know, Mike Tomlin is an exceptional head coach. Right. They they draft and develop really, really well. There's he's, a reason why they've been extremely consistent. It's he's not never just had because, a losing season. Tomlin. Right. Yeah. It, it's not just because they've had you know Roethlisberger, who's been a, an above average quarterback for the most part throughout his career. It's because just they're a sound organization and they're almost always really competent on defense. The only thing is, I mean, from a talent standpoint, they don't really match up with anybody else in this division. So those six head-to-head meetings will definitely be a little bit challenging. Um, I, I think you know fourteen to one is is probably fair, I would say, because I do think that they are they would need a lot of things to go right, right? I mean, they would need like you know Lamar Jackson to miss time again. They would maybe need Joe Burrow to miss time, stuff like that. But I don't think that they're going to be you know this really big doormat or anything like that. I think you know seven and a half for their win total is probably a pretty fair number for them. Talking about the Steelers and the, the Browns' current win total at Circus Sports is eight and a half. Uh, Westgate had it at nine and a half before taking it down. Uh, I'll give you a quote from Westgate Superbook director John Murray. I wrote a column about Deshaun Watson and the Browns for this week's Point Spread Weekly. Uh, quote, this is a guy who, when everything was right, is probably a top five quarterback in the league. This is a Super Bowl-level team with Watson at quarterback, so it's a very unique situation. But like you said, uh, Watson's yet to take a snap for the Browns. It's all Baker Mayfield last year, and it looks like it's going to be Jacoby Brissett this year. I think uh, when he's talking about a unique situation, we've never really seen something like this where you have this uh, storm of sexual misconduct allegations and civil lawsuits against a star quarterback in the NFL with numerous massage therapists, and it's a pattern of disturbing behavior. And once Deshaun Watson does take the field, what's he going to look like? Is he going to be the same quarterback he was a couple of years ago? Who knows? But that's not really something – as a better, you should focus on when you're looking at the Browns in 2022. It's about what can the Browns do with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, and can they get enough wins against his schedule? Uh, Adam, I'll give you one more quote here. This is from uh, Ed Sammons, who's kind of thinking along your lines. Ed is a top NFL odds maker at the uh, Superbook. He said, the Browns have a much easier schedule this year. It's a solid team that runs the heck out of the ball. There's still a ton of talent on that team, and I do like to coach. Ed's more optimistic than others about the Browns' chances this season. There's a look at the schedule right there. It's not one of, one of the most difficult schedules in the NFL. No, it's not, and it's not that difficult at the outset either. Where they're on the road at Carolina, where that game's, you know, once we know for sure about Watson, what, maybe Carolina minus one, pick them, something like that in that range. They get the Jets at home. They get the Steelers on a short week where the Steelers are still working Mitch Trubisky into that offense. Mm -hmm. Then they're at Atlanta, another team that's not particularly good. So at least the first four games do give them, do give them the chance to kind of get a, a little bit better. And also, too, something I think is, is maybe worth pointing out here is that – 
I don't know if this is a great offensive fit for Deshaun Watson to begin with because Kevin Stefanski's offense is very rhythm and timing based. Mm-hmm. Watson's a guy who's really good at improvising and he's good at throwing the deep ball. And that was the one thing about Baker Mayfield when he was hurt last year. It took so much for him to get enough zip behind the football between lower and upper body injuries that he just couldn't make the timing throws. That's all Brissett just has to throw to a spot at a certain time. Is he able to do that? I don't know. I haven't watched enough film on him. But I wasn't totally sold on this offensive schematic fit mm-hmm. for Watts. I know he's a great player when he's healthy and in rhythm and all that. But making the throws in this offense, I wasn't so sure about to begin with. That's an interesting comment because if, if you're Kevin Stefanski and you're sitting in a room with uh, the GM, Andrew Barry, and uh, the owners, the Haslam's, uh, he obviously signed off on this and pushed for this, being Kevin, Kevin Stefanski, and you don't think he's a great fit for the offense. Uh, I'll tell you what Michael Lombardi said, and I quoted him in the column, talked to him about this issue. Um, Lombardi says, I don't see how they don't dis- suspend him for the year, talking about Watson. But then he went on to say he would not bet on the Browns to be a playoff team he said, quote, it was not a Cleveland, a good Cleveland defense by any means last year. Their defense couldn't get off the field on third down. So he's got major concerns about the defense. His, uh, I guess, Cleveland concerns are not all about the quarterback situation. Is that fair? I mean, they were, yeah. they were 13th in third down defense, so they were above league average in that split. I mean, they had issues on fourth down. They had issues in the red zone. And now, you know, they're hoping to get a little bit more of a pass rush. You know, they've got – they weren't very healthy in the secondary last year either. That hurt them too. So, you know, I, I think this team is, is better than people are giving it credit for. But, you know, the Watson thing is obviously a huge talking point. All right, the NFL hearing uh, with Deshaun Watson started today. There's a lot of anti-Cleveland Browns money in the market here in Las Vegas. We'll take a quick break. Come back in a couple minutes here on The Edge, v the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, the VSIN Summer Special is here for only $19. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now to the end of July. Sign up today and you get VSIN's daily best bets Adam Burke's MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, and more. If you want the full VSIN experience, which features the best bet email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost. There's only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash summer. Adam Burke, Matt Eumanns here on The Edge. During the break, we were talking about quarterback upgrades and could the Browns actually strike a deal for Jimmy Garoppolo? It seems like it would be hard to do with cap. But let's talk about college football and some teams that have upgraded. You've got a column this week in Point Spread Weekly, and uh, I, I certainly agree with a few of the teams that you highlight here that have made major quarterback upgrades. Yeah, so I wrote about five teams this week in Point Spread Weekly that made pretty significant upgrades at the quarterback position. A couple of honorable mentions as well that I think uh, you know should definitely improve. But you know when we think about it, Matt, college football basically has free agency now. Oh, you no know with, with the NIL, the transfer portal. You know as long as you declare that you're transferring by May first, you are eligible for fall sports now. So you know we basically have free agency so to speak, in college football. So it's easier than ever, really, to upgrade at the quarterback position. And so I wrote about some teams that will upgrade. You know, I know that uh, when I filled in last week, I talked about South Carolina getting Spencer Rattler, couple of four-star, depending on the the source that you cite, uh, one clear four-star quarterback at freshman, one three-slash-four-star quarterback. So their quarterback room upgraded quite a bit. 
But a couple of teams in the in the Big Ten that I thought were kind of interesting, and, and I want to get your thoughts on this one, actually. So Nebraska, right? So Scott Frost really hitched his wagon to Adrian Martinez, and it's kind of amazing that Scott Frost still has a job there. But now he gets Casey Thompson, the transfer in from Texas, mm-hmm. who's a pretty significant upgrade, and maybe more important than the quarterback upgrade itself, he gets Mark Whipple as the offensive coordinator who was at Pitt with Kenny Pickett. And obviously we saw what Kenny Pickett became. So – I know people like to talk about, you know, is this kind of the year for Nebraska, this and that. I feel like they're at least a lot closer this year now that they've upgraded the quarterback position. You know what's kind of startling? I looked at Nebraska's schedule, and I'm somewhat optimistic about the Cornhuskers this season. I thought, okay, this might be a potential win total play for me. DraftKings got Nebraska's win total at 7.5. Uh, that's mighty optimistic for a team that's been disappointing each year. Scott Frost has been there, but I couldn't agree more about the quarterback upgrade. I like him a lot. You said Scott Frost hitched his wagon to Adrian Martinez. That wagon crashed and burned, and uh, the Cornhuskers got to get things turned around right now. I really believe that the Big Ten West is wide open. In the past, it's always Wisconsin or Iowa. Maybe Minnesota could sneak in there. But if you look at it right now, I think there's a, a just a – Minimal difference in the power ratings between Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Purdue, Nebraska. Those five teams, any of those five can win the Big Ten West, including Nebraska. And I think the quarterback change has got to be the biggest uh, difference in what we're going to see. It, it's, it seemed like the, the Huskers were going nowhere. They're just spinning their wheels or going backwards with Adrian Martinez. And now you get a fresh face and a different talent, a quarterback. I think they've got to have a different perspective and a lot more optimism. Yeah, I think so too. We're talking about Martinez having 30 interceptions over his four well, years there in Lincoln. Way too much, and, and not yeah. even just the turnovers, the timing and the t- and the placement on the field. He had a lot of red zone turnovers that were just ungodly, just things that you know that no college quarterback should ever commit. And he had a lot of them, and they lost a lot of really close games as a result. Was so, that kind of a microcosm of the Nebraska team too? Just a lot of uh, ridiculous mistakes on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and and. To be fair, maybe that's a coaching thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is a Scott Frost thing. But if nothing else, I mean, Casey Thompson is a guy who comes in you know, with a pedigree of taking care of the football. And I know that Texas football hasn't been what it's supposed to be. Maybe they'll be back now with you know Quinn Ewers and then, of course, Arch Manning. But you know, it's just one of those things to me where Thompson is a better thrower than Martinez. He's certainly a better decision maker, at least based on the sample size that we have. And again, I think Mark Whipple is a really interesting lever for this team where – you know, Scott Frost is, is a guy that wants to be the offensive headman, but you don't bring in Whipple unless you're going to trust him implicitly. So I think Nebraska could be the team to come out of that mix, where, as you said, I think all of those teams are pretty even, except for you know Illinois, who does at least look better this yeah. year. But you know, it's, it's just a tough road for them, given the other teams around them. All right, so quickly uh, talk about the other teams that have made the, uh, you think, the biggest improvement at the quarterback position in the offseason? Well, one other one, I mean, just kind of by default, I mean, Indiana has to be better, right? I mean, yeah. they had a 9-to-15 touchdown-interception ratio last year. They bring in Connor Bazelak from Missouri. He's not great, but at least he's you know probably going to be somewhat competent at the position. But one that I thought was really interesting, kind of an under-the-radar one, and I like to look a lot at group of five. I like to look at under-the-radar types of teams. So South Florida brought in Jerry Bohannon from Baylor. Mm -hmm. And last year, they had virtually no quarterback play whatsoever. They've got an up-and-coming head coach in Jeff Scott. You know, it's a conference where defense isn't necessarily played. So if you've got more of an offensive profile, look, this was a team that was 102nd in passing offense last year, 110th in yards per play. Now you get Bohannon, a guy who 
was the starter almost all year for a really good Baylor team last year. I think USF is a team on the rise there in the in the AAC. Okay, I can see that. How about USC? It's pretty obvious what uh, what's happened there with uh, Lincoln Riley and the infusion of talent on the offensive side. We're still not sure if the defense is going to be dramatically improved from last season. But is USC I have the most talented new quarterback? Is that fair to say or not? Because yeah. do, do we really know for sure what he is right now? Yeah, I think it's fair to wonder. I mean, look, you know, he goes to a conference in the Pac-12 where that's not a great defensive conference either. We know that right. the Big 12 isn't. But, you know, Keaton Slovis goes to Pitt. Jackson Dart goes to Ole Miss. So it's clearly Caleb Williams' job there. He doesn't have to compete for it with anybody. Probably wouldn't have had to with Lincoln Riley there anyway. At least there's kind of some dynamism to this position again now. They haven't had that since Sam Darnold was there back in, what, 2017? And Darnold wasn't a mobile guy. He was kind of a pocket passer. So Williams can do a lot of different things, but to your point, you know, they have not recruited particularly well. They've not recruited well on defense. They don't have Drake London anymore, who was their do-everything wide receiver last year. Lincoln Riley's got his quarterback, and he got some transfers in the portal, specifically at wide receiver, including one of his guys from Oklahoma, but you know, like you said, this this defense. I mean, is is Lincoln Riley going to win all of his games 35-32? He could, but you know that defense is a major concern. Yeah, it's got to be. Okay, uh, a lot more college football coverage coming up on VSIN. We're working right now on the VSIN College Football Betting Guide, the preseason magazine, which is going to have uh, thorough write-ups on every team and every conference. Which conferences are you working on? I've got the Pac-12 and the Big Ten West. I believe I have SEC, Conference USA, Sunbelt, and uh, one of the other Power Fives. ACC, maybe? So you got a lot of work to do. A little bit of work to do. But you know what? I mean, I enjoy And honestly, truth be told, one of the things that's actually been beneficial to me, and I'm sure you know this as a writer by trade, is if I can write to set up my thoughts, to do all of my research, that helps me tremendously from a betting standpoint. So it's really twofold for me. That's how I do all of my research, how I get prepared for a lot of things. Did I miss the boat on win totals and stuff? Yeah, of course I did. But at least on a week-by-week basis, you know, getting to do all of this research and write up these team previews, it's going to mm-hmm. help me throughout the course of the season. I think that's a great point. I've actually felt that over the years, uh, the, you know, being forced to write all these previews and write, do all the writing work you have to do in the offseason – Helps you get motivated to do your handicapping. It's a lot more thorough. Uh, the work you put in. Hey, I see a lot of guys hosting TV and radio shows who you can tell are just flying by the seat of their pants and haven't really done their work and they're trying to fake their way through the previews. If you got to sit down and write these things, research them, you're, you're going to know these teams inside and out. That definitely helps your handicapping and it helps your preparation for these type of shows. And uh, I have I have gotten down on four win totals, college football win totals so far here in the off season. I actually went 6-0 and in my college football win totals last season. I had two in the Big Ten. I had Purdue over and Indiana under, and those worked out pretty easily. No sweat uh, winners. Uh, Indiana Hoosiers were a complete disaster last year, and Purdue had its best season in a long time, winning nine games under Jeff Brom. Let's talk about uh, one baseball game here before we take a break, and Smoking Dave Koken is going to join us on the other side to talk more baseball. Uh, how about the Yankees last night? A little bit fortunate to rally from a deficit. The A's were leading after five. The Yankees came back to win the game nine to five. Sears is on the mound tonight against Frankie Montas. The Yankees minus 181 and a total of eight shaded under minus 125. That's the current number at Circus Sports. So another comeback win for the Yankees last night. How about this, Adam? I'm sure you know it. The Yankees lead MLB with 23 comeback wins after last night. 
Yeah, last night was not any fun because I had Oakland plus one and a half in that one. Two catcher interference calls. In fact, the Yankees loaded the bases on a walk, catcher interference, hit by pitch, yep. another catcher interference. When do you see two catcher interference calls in the same inning? Uh, it's it's crazy. Yeah. That was that was not fun at all. Interesting side note about this game tonight. Frankie Montas, so he's been great this season, right? But we know that Oakland Coliseum is one of the best pitchers' parks in baseball. His last 13 starts, Frankie Montas has thrown 70 and two-thirds innings at home seven and two-thirds innings on the road That's great. in his last 13 starts. So I was going to bet the under tonight until I saw that, and I'm kind of worried about how he pitches against a good lineup in a small ballpark away from the pitcher-friendly conditions in Oakland. All right, that's Adam Burke. Check out his MLB scouting report on vcin.com. We're going to take a quick break. We come back with Smoking Dave Koken next on vcin, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Edge on VSEN, the sports betting network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of 62500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter, 21 and older only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. All right, let's bring on Smoking Dave Koken. I call him Mr. Baseball. And uh, Dave, our, a mutual friend of ours, Ralph Michaels, had this uh, tweet today on the Dodgers who were shut out as minus 185 favorites last night. Teams that were shut out as favorites of minus 180 or higher and are a favorite higher than minus 145 in the next game have gone 38-9, that's about 81%, and plus 21 units with an average line of minus 215. The Dodgers also 14-1 and off a shutout loss since April 2019. How do you feel about the Dodgers tonight with Clayton Kershaw on the mound at Coors Field? Well, I, I'm not a trend guy, so I don't care about that stuff because my answer on that is that's for 47 games. What were the 47 games prior to that? So, uh I don't pay attention to that stuff very much, but Kershaw is pitching great baseball, and the Dodgers are not going to have a lot of losing streaks, so I would guess the likelihood is they'll bounce back here against the Rockies. Dave, really interesting pitching matchup tonight in the NL East. you got Charlie Morton and Zach yeah. Wheeler here in this one, and the lines, eh, Philly's a little bit of a favorite in the minus 115 range here. Total down to 7.5 and had open 8 at some places. Any thoughts on this Morton and Wheeler matchup tonight? I, I guess I'd lean under. Uh, for the first five, I don't like getting involved with bullpens. And if you just watch the Minnesota Cleveland game, yet another example of why I don't like getting involved with bullpens. You don't know what's going to happen. But for the first five in this game, you've got Morton who kind of looked like he was all done for the first couple months of the season, but he has found it. And his last two starts, he has been outstanding. Wheeler, good pitchers coming off really bad starts. Usually they're going to bounce back. So I would expect Wheeler to do that. And of course, You've got a huge component missing from the Phillies lineup with Bryce Harper sidelined. So I think the pitchers have a good chance to dominate early in this game. Dave, I was in San Diego over the weekend and at the game where Bryce Harper got hit in the hand and yeah. uh, busted his thumb, and he's going to be out a while. Uh, how much of a difference does that make in how you handicap the Phillies games going forward without Harper until, who knows, uh, probably sometime in the middle or late August? 
depending on the matchup, but it's going to be at least 10 to 20 cents. Um, he's that important. Uh, against lefties, maybe a little less, maybe 10, 10 cents. But uh, against righties, it, it's certainly an impactful uh, decision. And you know, I, the Phillies are going to struggle without him. Not this is this is a team that's got some flaws anyway, and they've played much better ball since the managerial change. But I think they've kind of leveled off now, and I, I I can't see them making the playoffs. To be honest with you, I just don't think the roster is quite good enough. David, game that I'm sure everyone will have their eye on tonight: the Pirates and the Nationals. A couple of the yes, worst teams in, in baseball, <laughs> and in a lot of respects here, but. I have to say, we're getting plus money to fade Patrick Corbin. I mean, is, is this handicap just that easy? No, it's not. And I'll tell you really simply why. Uh, the Pirates have lost four in a row. I hate playing on teams on losing streaks, especially when they're in the pick'em range. Uh, it, it, you know, that's falling knife syndrome. I, I, I want teams that are at least going back and forth, maybe not showing any particular form either way, or a team on a hot streak, play on them. But a team on a cold streak, I don't want them. And on the flip side, I certainly don't want Corbin, who's on pace to lose 20 games. So this was a quick elimination game for me. I mean, you can look at it and make a case for Quintana, certainly as the better pitcher against Corbin. But do you want to take a team that's in bad form? I generally don't. Dave, we just saw the Guardians come from behind in the eighth inning. As you mentioned, yeah. one of the reasons why you stay away from bullpens for the most part is they come from behind, win game one, three to two. Josh Winder and Connor Pilkington coming up in game two. That one's going to start in about two and a half hours' time or so. How do you approach double headers? What, what do you think about betting game two after you've seen the result of game one? Well, the first impulse is to take the team that lost the first game uh, because most double headers ended splits. And I think I'd give Winder a little bit of an edge. Over Pilkington, my worry is the Indians, had, excuse me, the Guardians had lost five in a row coming in, and that's a great streak ender because it looked like they were going to lose this game too, and then they come back in the eighth inning thanks to some bad, really bad pitching by Pagan and a questionable uh, bit of strategy by uh, uh, Rocco Baldelli to play the infield in uh, with second and third and nobody out. I, I would not, I, I, I just don't know why he did that. It might have cost him the game. So maybe the Guardians can build on that. But Pilkington's not a guy I'm real fond of. Uh, I don't think I'll bet the game, but I would I would lean Twins in this one. All right, Dave, let's go uh, north of the border. Your Red Sox and the Blue Jays, a uh, decent pitching matchup here with Waka against Stripling. And right now at the South Point, the Blue Jays are minus 132, total of uh, nine. Any uh, play for you on uh, the Boston-Toronto game? No, I only bet one game today, which we'll get to in a little bit, I'm sure. But uh, – uh, my lead would be over in this game. And I know Waka and Stripling are both pitching well, but they're not guys who dominate opposing lineups. And both the Red Sox and Blue Jays are just cracking the baseball right now. These teams are smashing it. Uh, combined WRC plus over the last week is higher in this game than any other, by, at least over the last three days. So I, I think if you want to gamble on the game, I take the over. Uh, especially Red Sox are short their closer, how unable to play because of the restrictions in Canada. So he's not with the team. I think uh, this one might be one where you go nine innings and get the game over the total. All right, follow him on Twitter at Dave Koch and also at Wager Talk. And Dave, I uh, mentioned the Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw is minus two oh eight tonight, and I don't handicap baseball on trends either. But I thought it was interesting. Ralph Michaels pointed out they're oh, yeah. fourteen and one off a shutout loss since April of two thousand nineteen. I want to keep it. In the National League West, I did make a play overnight on the D-backs and Zach Gallon at minus 106 
uh, excuse me, plus 106 overnight. And uh, right now it's basically a pick'em game with the D-backs minus 103 at Circus Sports. Zach Gallon, I thought, outpitched Sean Mania when these two teams went head-to-head uh, last Tuesday at Petco. That was a 3-2 game the Padres won in 11 innings. Obviously my concern is that the D-backs offense uh, is uh, often a no-show. The D-backs did score 11 runs on Sunday but uh, they were in a slump previous to that. How did you handicap this uh, Padres-D-backs matchup with Shamanaya against Zach Gallen? I was involved in the uh, prior matchup, and I had a first five under bet, and it won two to one, and it should have been nothing-nothing. Right. Uh, there was some horrible defense in that game, most notably, and I don't know what the official scorer was looking at. They gave uh, Grisham an inside-the-park homer. Uh, actually, uh, Grisham was on defense at the time. Uh, they gave whoever on Arizona – uh, and inside the park homer, it was a it was a single in a in a three base error. Um, but regardless, the two pitchers dominated, and I suspect they will again. Diamondbacks don't hit lefties at home at all. Seventy five weighted runs created plus on the season against lefties at home. Gallon's an outstanding pitcher in the Padres lineup. Obviously compromised right now with Machado joining Catiz on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you get a pitcher's duel here. All right, Gallon struck out eleven. Last yeah. week in that matchup against the Padres, who were uh, somewhat punchless without Manny Machado in the lineup. But it's, it's surprising to me how well they played without Tatis in the first half of the season. And now Machado out for a little bit more than a week. How about the Giants tonight? Carlos Rodon off a couple of good starts, but it's a big price to pay. The Tigers and Scooball. Giants minus 190, total of seven. If you want to bet the Giants on the run line, minus one and a half, plus 110. I don't play many run line bets, yeah. but is there any way you could play this Tigers-Giants game? Well, I'm the same as you. I don't like runs lines very much, but that's really the only way I'd play this game. Scooble, as much as I like him and as well as he's pitched this year, he's in a slump right now. His last few starts have not been good. Rodon, his last couple starts have been absolutely brilliant. He is back on the beam. So you got to get the pitching edge to the Giants and – Basically, everybody has an offensive edge over the Tigers. If they played the Las Vegas Aviators, I'd probably give the Aviators the offensive edge <laughs> over the Tigers. So, uh, Giants are pass. Dave, you said you got one play for tonight here in Major League yeah. Baseball. What What's the play and what's your thought process? Well, it's the game uh, in St. Louis. Uh, Cardinals, uh, uh, they've got Dakota, Dakota Hudson on the mound, and I, I am not – a Dakota Hudson guy. He doesn't strike out enough guys. His control's lousy. Uh, he has to rely on balls being hit at people, and that doesn't always happen. The Marlins sending one of their young guys out there, Garrett. He's got a good slider. I've, I've watched the pitch, and he's got a he's got a nasty slider. But he's young, and he's up against an offense that just kills lefties at home. So I think you're going to get a high-scoring first five here. I thought it was the best play on the board today. I played first five over. In the Marlins, Cardinals had to lay a dollar twenty on the uh, four and a half, but I, I think it's worth playing. All right, that's Dave Coken, Marlins, Cardinals, first five over four and a half is best bet. Smoking Coken, always great to have you on the show, man. Appreciate the time. Okay, guys, good luck tonight. All right, Adam Burke, I said your scouting report on uh, today's games is up at vcin.com. How many best bets? Don't give them all away yet. This is a tease to the next segment. How many best bets do you have tonight? I got two of them for tonight, and one of them is in that Marlins-Cardinals game. All right, we'll talk about that next. Uh, also, we got golf on deck. And uh, back here in a minute on the Edge, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Are you ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 Challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. 
Try Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 challenge today at ZYN.com slash 10. That's Zen.com slash 10. ZYN.com. Zen nicotine pouches are only for adults 21 and older who currently use tobacco or nicotine. And warning, this product contains nicotine, which is an addictive chemical. All right, let's get to best bets. I'm going to start in baseball with uh, one I've got today, the only game I played overnight, which was uh, the D-backs and Zach Gallen, plus 106 against the uh, uh, tonight against the San Diego Padres and Sean Manaya. I was in San Diego over the weekend watching the Padres, and it's still kind of a mystery to me how they create offense without Manny Machado in the lineup. You've got Jake Cronenworth, uh, Trent Grisham, uh, Eric Hosmer from time to time showing up. Not really any consistent power in that lineup, but the, the, the Padres did get some timely hits in the weekend series against the Phillies. I'll say this, to be 45-30 and 30 and what the Padres are at this point in the season is a surprise considering Fernando Tatis Jr. has been out the entire first half and Machado's missed over a week. But, Adam, do you think it's been a more of a case of a, a major managerial upgrade that's made the difference in the Padres because I think uh, Bob Melvin in the dugout – has been a, a, a big difference in a positive way. It has been a big difference, and also, too, he's been getting treatment off and on, I believe, yeah. for prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's kind of been in and out of the dugout a little bit. But I love their pitching coach hire of Ruben Niebla. He's done a lot to really help out this staff, specifically to help out a guy like Mackenzie Gore and also help out this bullpen. But to your point with the handicap tonight, the Padres are missing Steven Wilson. He's been one of their big middle relief guys, kind of the bridge to the back end of the bullpen. Kind of shuffles everybody when you get those middle reliever injuries that people don't really talk about because they aren't guys that move the line. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we talk about guys that don't move the line in football all the time that are really important. Middle relief guys can be really important as well. So in a game with a low-scoring expectation, uh, the Padres are missing one of their key relief options. Yeah, and, you know, I struggled with this one. I didn't know if I should play the uh, under, if I should play the first five. I just went ahead and bet on Zach Allen and the D-backs, who got swept by the Padres last week in San Diego. That was a three-game series. They were outscored 17-7. to Like I mentioned with Dave Koken in the previous segment, the D-backs offense did wake up a little bit on Sunday with 11 runs. But you look at some of the guys who were producing, Christian Walker, Cattell Marte, this is not a big-name D-backs lineup by any stretch of the imagination. Hopefully they show up tonight against Sean Manaya. A week ago, these pitchers went head-to-head. Zach Gallen went six innings, four hits, one earned run, three walks, and he struck out 11. That was a game that Arizona lost 3-2 in 11 innings, and I'm not sure the D-backs got a hit in the last two hours of that game. Uh, but at, uh, at home, Gallon has a whip under one, an opponent's batting average 179 compared to 236 on the road. I think he's a much better bet at home. And, uh, again, the Padres without – it looks like they're going to be without Manny Machado again for a couple more days with that left ankle injury. Yeah, it looks like it. And the one thing I know you said, the loss of Fernando Tatis Jr., which really has an impact offensively for the Padres. But he's a negative defensively. But he's a player. negative defensively. <laughs> and one of the biggest things that's been a yeah. feather in the cap of the Padres this season – no matter where you look, no matter what site you're getting these numbers from, they've been one of the best defensive teams in baseball all season long, and that's really helped them win a lot of these lower-scoring games with that limited offense. You know, we were talking about that over the weekend. So I'm sure they would be a better team with Tatis, but actually they're a much better defensive team without him. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can see that in the way the Padres play. Anyway, I'm on the D-backs 
and Zach Gallon at plus 106 tonight. Adam, what do you have? So I got a couple plays in Major League Baseball. I, I am on the Cardinals tonight. I went ahead and laid that minus 140 price with St. Louis. Something I think it's really important to keep in mind with St. Louis is that first-year manager Oliver Marmel, when they're up late in the game, he's gotten to a point now where he's using Giovanni Gallegos and Ryan Helsley for multiple innings. So that really shortens the game. So as long as Hudson doesn't really get knocked around, and I don't think he's going to here against the Marlins offense that's 18th in weighted on base average against right-handed pitching on the road, I think Hudson can have a little bit of success in this one. But also if the Cardinals have the lead late, and I expect them to, He's utilizing his bullpen really well. He's deploying his relievers in a very smart way. So I like that about the Cardinals in games where they are expected to have the lead. In games where maybe they'll trail or where I don't like them as much, mm -hmm. I think you look to bet against them, maybe even from a live standpoint, because their bullpen just isn't very deep right now with Genesis Cabrera on the COVID-19 list. I'll run through the other play real quick here, too. Astros' first five against the Mets. This is Astros minus 120 for the first five. This is Framber Valdez and Carlos Carrasco. So Carrasco left his last start against Houston with a back issue. He had an MRI. It apparently came back clean. He's going on his regular turn in the rotation here. But Carrasco in his last four starts has allowed nine barreled balls. He's got a 513 ERA in his last nine starts. So this is a guy that's really not pitching all that effectively right now. There's something going on with the command. And just because the MRI was clear doesn't mean that there's not something going on there. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he'll be overly sharp tonight. Meanwhile, the Astros just saw him. You know who the Astros did or you know the Mets didn't see? Framber Valdez. So they didn't get a look at him in that last series. Valdez a guy, extreme ground ball guy, low hard hit rate, low barrel rate. I expect Houston to make the higher quality contact in tonight's game, so I went ahead and took the first five with them. Uh, how about all the problems the Astros pitching gave the Yankees over the weekend? What did the Yankees go, 15 straight innings without a hit? I think it was 16 and was a third, 16 yeah. and a third? Jeez. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, Houston very well could have swept that series. They had the giant bullpen meltdown in the first game. Then Aaron Judge hit the walk-off three-run homer in Sunday's game to, to garner a split for the Yankees. Houston's pitching staff is very, very legit. I mean, they are very good. Their bullpen leads the league in ERA, which was a surprise to me when I was looking at that today. Uh, they work up in the zone with a lot of fastballs. They kind of pitch above the swing plane, and it's very hard to adjust because there's only so many things you can do to kind of change the bat path, and they've been really successful at doing that. Arizona's another team that's been successful at doing that. So you see these little nuances that these teams try to take advantage of in these games, and that's one that Houston's had. They force teams to hit the ball in the air and in a position where it's hard for them to drive the baseball. All right, before you get to the golf best bets, I want to get your cap on tonight's Yankees game. Sears against Montas, Yankees minus 180, total of eight. And uh, you had a play that turned into a frustrating loss last night in this matchup. Yeah, and I thought about taking the under in tonight's game. I really like J.P. Sears. I've been very impressed with the numbers I've seen from him in the minor leagues. I was impressed with his first start against Baltimore. And, and by the way, the Orioles are a team on the rise right now. They are hitting. They are pitching. They've been much better here of late. But as far as Sears goes, just I, I like the profile. I like the scouting reports that I've read. The A's, they actually are a good offense against lefties on the road. And we saw that last night against Jordan Montgomery. Yep. They are terrible against righties on the road. They're terrible against righties everywhere. So this is a good matchup for Sears tonight. The only reason I stayed off of this under 
is because Frankie Montas has a really weird distribution of his innings between home and road, and it's the best pitcher's park in baseball out there in Oakland, and he's pitched the vast majority of his innings there. In fact, he's only thrown seven and two-thirds innings on the road since his first two starts of the season. So I couldn't take him tonight because I'm not sure how he's going to react to a better hitting environment. That's crazy. 70 innings at home, seven on the road, essentially, right? Yep. All right, let's get to golf best bets, and don't forget the long shot show coming up uh, tonight. You can find it on vcin.com. The podcast will be loaded up there with Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds, and I know each of those guys, like Patrick Rogers this week, are going to find about the 35-1 to range. This is the John Deere Classic, and uh, guess what? we got the weakest field probably of the year in golf, uh, but we have a couple of great tournaments on deck, the Scottish Open and the British Open the next couple weeks, and and a lot of the elite players are taking this week off, which is completely understandable. When you have Webb Simpson as the 10-to-1 favorite, you know it's a weak field in a golf tournament, but that's the case uh, this week. Still, I think uh, plenty of good betting options out there for this one. I'm going to look at some long shots. Let's go with Maverick McNeely, 31-to-1, who I've played uh, several times, and uh, he's still looking for his PGA Tour win. He tied for 18th, and he was in the hunt on Sunday last year in this tournament. He's rested. He's ready to go. I think he's going to contend this week. Maverick at 31-1. to 1, Scott Stallings at 37-1. to 1. This is the guy who has not won on the PGA Tour since 2014 at the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines. But he tied for eighth last week, and he was the best player on the course on Sunday when he went seven under par. He's got good course history here with three top 25s, and he was inside the top 20 Last year, so let's go. McNeely thirty-one to one, Stallings thirty-seven to one, Cameron Champ uh, at fifty-five to one. Great driver of the golf ball. Uh, Cameron Champ actually tied for eleventh, fourteen under in this tournament a year ago, and he was even par in the final round. I thought he had a great shot to win it. Really didn't show up on Sunday. And how about Ryan Moore? He won a long shot. He tied for second last year in this tournament at seventeen under, and he was in the top twenty. In 2019, former UNLV golfer Ryan Moore at 85 to 1 for a lot more golf analysis. The Long Shot Show tonight with Wes and Brady on vcin.com. All right, for Adam Burke, Matt Humans, that's it for today on The Edge. Stormy, I believe, is up next with uh, My Guys in the Desert here on vcin, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast 
on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.